0: Well, hey, Northridge, how are you guys? So good to see you. My name is Pete. I'm one of the uh, pastors here at Northridge. I like that Force Ridge news. That's a a great idea. I think we should do Force Ridge sermons too. And I can just randomly go up to anybody and say, here you go. Have fun. Let's see what you got to say. Like, I think that, wouldn't that be, wouldn't you come to hear that? I would. Somebody's raising her hand. You're the last person I'm giving that notebook to. Uh, So anyway, we're in a series called Out with the Old, In with the New. And we've been, or actually it's just called In with the New, but it's based off the phrase Out with the Old and In with the New. And it's a phrase we hear a lot at the beginning of a new year, right? And the idea behind it for us as a church is as we go into 2024, there are probably some things from your past that you need to let go of. And at the same time, there might be some things in your life going into 2024 that you need to add in order for it to be the year that you want it to become. It's kinda like we go into these new years and you know, if I were to ask you how many of you want 2024 to be better than 2023, almost all of you would say, yes, I want 2024 to be better. And I get that, I do too. But the fact is, if you don't change some things up, let go of some old things, add in some new things, 2024 is gonna look and feel a whole lot like 2023, right? Because it's about how you perceive life. It's about the habits and the disciplines and the way that we approach the Lord. And so I wanna just start today's conversation with a question. And the question is, over time, am I walk with Jesus? Am I becoming a more grateful person? In other words, am I becoming a more joyful person? Am I starting to see that all of life is a gift, that it's all grace, right? And I have this joy and I have this happiness and I have this this gratitude for not only the things in my life, but the relationships in my life, the fact that I have another day, that I'm taking a breath of air. Are you becoming a more grateful person or am I becoming more and more of a grumbler? Am I becoming more of a person that kind of views life in this negative light, right? Things aren't good enough for me, The people around me aren't doing enough for me. My circumstances aren't the way I want them to be. You just kinda see everything through this negative light. It's never enough. So which one are you becoming? Because here's what I know about me, and I know this about every one of you. I know this about every one of you that are watching this online right now. And the reality is, and I've seen this, I've seen this not only here in the US, I've seen this anywhere I've ever traveled. I've been in remote villages in Africa. I've been in the slums in India. I've been to all these different places. I've met tons of different people from all kinds of walks of life. What I've discovered is that every single person that I've ever met wants to be happy. They wanna be happy, every one of you. You want to be happy. Now, we might define happiness in different ways, but every person I've ever met would say, yes, I want to be happy. But here's the thing, there is a correlation between happiness and gratitude. And some of you might say, well, of course there's a correlation between happiness and gratitude. If you're happy, then you're going to be grateful. But is that really true? because I've met a ton of people who have everything that they need in life to be happy, but they're not happy about what they have, and they're not happy about where they are in life. And the reason they're not is because they're not grateful. But I also, on the flip side of that, know plenty of people who have had like almost an insurmountable amount of misfortune in their life. They've had so many challenges throughout their entire life, and yet they're deeply happy. Why? because they're grateful. So while happiness does not necessarily mean you're going to be grateful, being grateful always means that you will be happy. But there's another level to this, because I don't think our primary goal or objective in life should be just happiness, right? For those of you who claim to be followers of Jesus, for those of you who claim to be serious about becoming the man or the woman that God's created you to be, there's another layer to gratitude, and that is that there's a connection between gratitude and trust, right? In the same way you can't be happy without gratitude, you can't live a life fully surrendered, trusting God without gratitude. The two are connected. And I'm gonna show you a story today in Scripture that shows this on the most basic level. This is by far like the easiest application of a message I have ever given. It's not necessarily natural, but it's very easy to put into practice. we're gonna look at this quick story out of the Old Testament. Uh, We're going to look at a, a chapter out of the book of Deuteronomy, and it's about this group called the Israelites. These are God's people. They spent 400 years in slavery, and now they've been set free. And they're having to learn now, because for, you know, centuries, they had to lean into, depend on, and trust in those who had enslaved them to provide for them. Now they have this freedom But along with this freedom comes all kinds of issues because they have to learn how to trust God for provisions. And if you know anything about the story, the Israelites are wandering around the desert for 40 years in what should have been, according to the Bible, an 11-day journey. For 40 years, they're wandering around in circles on what should have been an 11-day journey because they could not trust God. Now, I can identify with that. I don't know if you can, but there have been a lot of things in my life That should have been about an 11-day journey, but it took me decades to learn how to surrender that part of my life to God. And that's where they're at. And so everybody looks at the story and everybody says, well, it's obvious. The obvious problem and the reason that the Israelites have to wander in circles for 40 years is because they couldn't trust him. Technically, that's true, but I think there's more going on there because underneath the surface, long before they could not trust God, there was something else going on that was bubbling up inside of them. And what was bubbling up inside of them was this constant complaining, this this lack of gratitude that they had in life for God and for the things he had provided them with. Now the reason I think this is so important, I think this is huge. So I grew up in church, I'm really grateful for that. But along with that, growing up in church, I was always told that trust was a central ingredient to a relationship with God, right? And so my whole life, I have listened to pastors and small group teachers and lots of people tell me, Pete, you just have to learn how to trust God. And I get that that's fundamental, right? That's where it all started, right? The very first act in Christianity is to simply trust, right, that Jesus did and is willing to forgive you of your sins. Right? That's where it starts. You trust that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. He resurrected three days later, defeating death. And that if you ask him to, he'll apply that forgiveness at substitutionary death to your life. So it all starts with trust. And then after that, you have to learn to trust him with your relationships. And you have to learn to trust him with your finances. And you learn to trust him with your gifts and your career. And so I get that. I'm not arguing that trust isn't central to it all. It is. My frustration in my life, though, has come from the fact that everybody tells me, Pete, you just got to trust more. And I'm like, yeah, but how? Like, how does that happen? Like, do you just like sit there and like just make it happen? Like, okay, I'm going to will myself to trust God more. Like, how does this happen? And this is where I believe that gratitude is actually the secret weapon for how you begin to learn to truly trust God. And so this passage we're gonna look at in Deuteronomy, I've gotta warn you, it's a little bit longer than the text I would normally read to you guys, just all the way through, but I, I really want you to lean into this because what's going on is Moses is talking to this the Israelite community, right? this nation, who's getting ready to move into the promised land. The promised land is the land that God has promised them. right? It's not just a territory, it represents a lot more than that. This is the life they've always dreamed of. This is the freedom they've dreamed of. This is the provision that they dreamed for. And Moses is setting this up. It's, it's almost like a commencement address. He's saying, hey, You guys are about to graduate. You guys are about to move into the season of life you have always dreamed of. But I've got a warning for you because if you don't get what it is I'm about to say, you're gonna miss, you're gonna completely miss all the blessings that the Lord has for you. Now, for our application, as we read through this, I want you to think about this. Some of you are getting ready to graduate. You're moving into 2024, and I believe God has a lot of incredible plans for your life. Plans for your relationships, plans for your career, your gifts, your finances, all kinds of incredible blessings, I believe, are coming your way in 2024. But if you don't get this, if you don't get what Moses is talking about here, you're going to miss those blessings. And you may have those blessings, they may occur in your life, but they're not going to bring you any joy. And I'll show you why in just a second. But let's read through this. It says, for the Lord your God is a bringing you into a good land. He's bringing you into a good year, into a good season, a land with brooks and streams and deep springs gushing into the valleys and the hills, a land with wheat and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates and olive oil and honey, nut Cheerios, and a land where bread will not be scarce. He's like, listen, you don't have to go on a low-carb diet. This is going to be awesome. There's going to be a lot of bread. It won't be scarce, and you will lack nothing, a land where the rocks are iron. And you could dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten, here's, here's kind of the first instruction he gives us. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land He has given you." This is Moses just saying, "Hey, here's a basic level of gratitude. When God blesses you, bless him back. Give him the honor. Give him the glory for that. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe His commands, His laws and His decrees that I am giving to you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large, and your silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud, and you will not, and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and waterless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought water out of a hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you so that in the end, it might go well with you. You see what Moses is doing here? He's reminding them, hey, 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 you move into this new land, right? For us, you move into this new year, don't forget everything that God's done in your past. What he's saying here, and this is a secret to living a life of gratitude and trust, is you've got to find ways to remember God's faithfulness in your past, or you're never gonna be able to trust him with your future. That's the problem some of you are facing right now. The reason you're having such a difficult time of trusting God with your kids, with your relationships, with your finances, with your career, is because you forgot. You forgot what God's done for you in your past. You feel like what you're experiencing right now is brand new, it's not. Listen, you've been here before. You've been exactly where you are today. You, whatever challenges, you've been here before. And God has been faithful in your past and he'll be faithful again. And that's what Moses is saying. Hey guys, don't, you're moving into this new thing. Don't forget the past. Don't forget how good God's been. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth, and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. It's like, don't forget, right? When God blesses you, make sure that you say the blessing, right? That, that's all he's saying. See, Moses knew this group of people, and he, he's casting vision for this phenomenal future that they're heading into and everything that God has for them, the amazing opportunities. And he's saying, listen, I just don't want you to forget because what I know about you guys is your heart is not necessarily one of gratitude. In fact, the pattern for the people of Israel up to this point, their heart was thanklessness. It was unappreciation. It was ungratefulness. They complained about everything. They complained about how the food tasted. They complained about the schedule in which the food came. They were so quick to complain. And he says to them, listen, you're going to a better place, right? Your best days are ahead of you, but I know you guys, and I know there's a chance that some of you are going to move into this promise and forget the provider. He's saying, be really, really careful And I think this wasn't just for the Israelites, right? This is for all of us. He's saying be really, really careful because God's gifts alone are not enough to give you joy. God's gifts have to be paired with your gratitude to bring you joy. You understand that? Like, you guys can go into this year, 2024, and it's possible for you to be surrounded by God's blessings, to be surrounded by his provision, to be surrounded by his goodness, to be surrounded by all these opportunities, and it's possible for none of that stuff to bring you any joy, because God's gifts in our life on their own are not enough to produce joy in us. They have to be paired with our gratitude. And the moment you take that gift that God's given you, it doesn't matter if it's your kids, It doesn't matter if it's your spouse, it doesn't matter if it's the amount of money or the job that you have or the car you drive or the house you live. The moment you pair a gift that God's given you with gratitude, that's what creates the joy, right? That's where it's all at. And Moses is just giving them this warning. See, it's interesting to me. Studies uh, continue to show us that the happiest people are not the people who have everything. It's the people who make the most of everything that they have. And you know this, you don't even need a study to prove that to you, right? Because you have met people who have half of what you have and still have twice as much joy of you. I'm a big fan of a woman by the name of Dr. Brene Brown. Uh, she does some just phenomenal research in the area of sociology. She doesn't really approach it from a religious standpoint, but I found her research to be like spot on and she wrote a book called The Gift of Imperfection. And in the book, she talks a little bit about this idea of gratitude. And she said the thing that really stood out at her in all the research that they did around gratitude was a single word, and it was the word practice, that you have to practice gratitude. Why? Well, because gratitude is not natural, is it? It Doesn't just come natural to you. Um, If you disagree with me on that, It just proves you've never tried to feed a (laughs) two-year-old. I have a two-year-old right now, and I love this little girl, but she really tests me when it's time to eat. It drives me insane. It's like the most 15 miserable moments of my day trying to get food into this little baby girl. She has no idea I'm trying to literally, like, help her sustain life, and she fights me on it. And one day, she'll love scrambled eggs for breakfast. The next day, she hates scrambled eggs and will throw them in my face. Like, she's just like, uh, this week it was fish sticks. She's liked fish sticks for lunch for a while now, right? So i make her some fish sticks. I'm like, here's a fish stick, Pepper. You're gonna love this, just like you loved it yesterday. And she takes a fish stick and she throws it right in my face. She says, yucky stick, it's a yucky stick. I'm like, no, it's a fish stick. She says, yucky stick, yucky. Blah. These are the moments when you just like look deeply into your child's eyes and you understand for the first time why some species of animals eat their young. (laughs) (laughs) I am never gonna be invited to speak at a parenting conference, ever. (laughs) That frustration, it's not natural for her, is it, to just show gratitude. She's not thinking like how appreciative she is for the hard work her parents do to be able to provide her with the yucky fish sticks, right? That's not crossing her mind. So here's what we're gonna do with Pepper over the next couple years, the same thing that you do with your kids, the same thing your parents did with you. We're gonna teach her gratitude. And so when somebody does something nice for her, we're gonna say to Pepper, we're gonna prompt her with a question. We're gonna say, what do you say, Pepper? What do you say to the nice gentleman, right? What do you say to that kid who just shared with you? What do you say to your mom who just made you a glass of milk? And she's gonna learn to say thank you, right? We're gonna teach her gratitude. This is not something that just automatically happens to us, right? And so Dr. Brene Brown goes back to this idea of practicing gratitude, and this is what she wrote. She said, for years, I've subscribed to the notion of an attitude of gratitude. I've since learned that an attitude is an orientation or a way of thinking and that having an attitude doesn't always translate to behavior. Which is true, right? I can have an attitude of running, right? And I can sit around and think all day about how great running is for you. All the amazing benefits it could bring my heart. I could lower my stress. Right? I could probably extend the length of my life by running. I can go out and buy running clothes and running shoes. I can watch documentaries on Netflix about running and all the benefits of running. Right? I can have an attitude of running, but the truth is I get none of the benefits of running until I actually get out there and practice it, until I actually do it. Right? So we have to practice gratitude. It's not enough to just have this attitude of gratitude. So there's two forms of gratitude I'm gonna talk about over the next couple minutes that I think we need to practice. And the first one is this, you thank God for his provisions. That's what Moses was talking to the Israelites about. Thank God for your provisions. He said this in verse 10, I don't know if you saw it when we read through it, but he said, when you've eaten and you're satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. This is Moses, again, commencement address. It's just like, hey, here's level 101 in life when it comes to gratitude. When God blesses you, bless them back. Say the blessing, right? That simple. When God provides for you in your life, you just thank him for it, right? You practice that. And your gratitude is to never be invisible or to be silent, right? Gratitude has to be expressed. And one of the biggest problems that I think a lot of us have is we assume that the people around us, including God himself, know that we're grateful. When is the last time you just said to your spouse or your boyfriend or girlfriend, like, I'm really grateful for you? And I know what you're thinking, you're like, oh, I know that. No, 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 that, you're missing a point here. Gratitude is never silent or invisible. When's the last time you said, thank you for washing the dishes or thank you for taking the trash out or you know, thank you for working so hard to provide these opportunities for our family? When's the last time you said thank you to your parents for all the years that they invested in you? When's the last time you just said, Thank you to God for the sunset and for second chances and for spiritual gifts and for all the opportunities he gives us day in and day out. Gratitude is never invisible or silent. And along with the assumption that everybody knows that we're already grateful, the other thing that we're battling as human beings is entitlement. And the higher your sense of entitlement, the lower your sense of gratitude. So Moses is teaching all of us. He's like, here's the basic level. When you've eaten and you're satisfied, praise the Lord. See, it's almost like training up a child, right? He's kind of saying to all the Israelites, what do you say when God does something good for you? What do you say, right? He's having to teach them like children because the Israelites are just starting to learn God as their provider. And so he's like, this is the way it works. Thank God for your eyesight. Thank God for your ability to walk. Thank God for your friends. You thank God for the purpose he's given you. Thank God for your intellect. Thank God for your kids. Thank God for the freedom of worship, right? Thank God for Pastor Brad, who's led our church for over three decades. You thank God, right, when he's blessed you. That's the basics of praise. When you've eaten, praise the Lord. When you receive a blessing, you praise the Lord. When you are full, praise the Lord. God, I acknowledge that everything in my life comes from you. This is what Moses is challenging them with because he's just trying to help them out. He's like, hey guys, the reason that you're so tight and the reason you're so tense, the reason you're so frustrated and agitated all the time, the reason you're dissatisfied and critical and so dadgum negative, it's not because of your circumstances and that they're so bad, right? That's not it at all. It's because you forgot to say the blessing." He's pointing at a really important point here, and that is most often, the problem is not with God's provision. It's with our perception. And I'd be willing to bet that's true for a lot of us here today, right? The problem is not with God's provision in your life. You've got plenty of provision. The problem is with your perception of those provisions. The problem is not with God's provision. It's with our perception. We haven't learned how to say the blessing. And part of the problem for me is that even in the midst of the blessing, I'm already looking to the next thing, right? How much of my life have I just been waiting on the next thing? Like when I get that next thing, then I'm gonna be happy and grateful. When I finally accomplish that thing, then I'm going to be happy, then I'm gonna be grateful. And what I'm doing in my life is I'm constantly moving the goalpost, so I actually never get there. It's this trick that we do on ourselves that keeps us from actually being grateful. So what would it look like for you? Like when you get the house, say the blessing. When you get the job, say the blessing. When you get the promotion or the breakthrough or the healing, say the blessing. When you get the miracle, when you get the relationship, when you get the opportunity, say the blessing. Right? When you get the favor, say the blessing. Don't be so focused on that next thing that you forget to say the blessing. Don't get so caught up in where you're wanting to go that you forget to be grateful for where you are today. Right, this is, Moses just teaching us good manners. Right, this is just being polite. Can we all agree this just makes sense? When God blesses you, you say the blessing. Can we agree on that one? Yeah. I'm not sure if we're all on board there, but I'm gonna pretend <laughs> like we are all on board because we have to be on board with that before we take it to the next level. And that's what we're about to do. Moses taught us the most basic level of gratitude, right? When you get the blessing, say the blessing, all right? When God blesses your life, make sure you give him the honor and the glory for it. Years later, there's another guy that comes along by the name of David. And David builds off what Moses taught us. He was like, that's awesome. High five you, Moses. That's great. It's a good starting point. I'm going to take it to the next level. Right? And if you this this is the level, by the way, that changes everything. You get this, and I promise you 2024 will be a heck of a lot better than 2023 and any year before that. Because here's what David says about gratitude. And he says it in Psalms 23. It's a very familiar passage. If you've ever been to a funeral or graveside service, you probably heard this one. But there's more to it than just that, right? So he says this, even though which by the way are the two most important words in this entire passage. Even though, I'm pretty sure this just came to me uh, last night. This is gonna be my next tattoo right here. I'm not sure exactly how I'm gonna do it, where it's going, but even though. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some really important things there, right? Because he says there's this idea that even though I'm walking through the darkest valley, you're with me. Even when I'm sitting at a table across from my enemy, you've set the table. You're there, you're present. Right, and so the first form of gratitude was just thanking God for provisions. The second form of gratitude is thanking God for his presence, right, for his presence, that he's there, that he's with me, even though. Can you have gratitude in the even though chapters of your life? Can you have gratitude even though you're in a darkest valley? because we don't wanna be in the darkest valley, right? I wanna be in the darkest valley. I wanna be up on the summit. I wanna be enjoying the views. I'm gonna bask in the sunshine. That's where I wanna be, but now I find myself in this season of my life, and now I'm in the darkest valley. But can I acknowledge God's presence even in the dark valley? Can I acknowledge his presence even when I'm sitting at a table across from my enemies? This is even though, right? Even though I have a broken heart, I will be grateful. Even though this job is not my dream job, I will be grateful. I will thank God for it. Even though my life is not turning out exactly the way I had hoped it would turn out, I'm gonna be grateful for what I do have. See, the first form of gratitude is thanking God for what you can see. The gifts, the blessings that are right in front of you. The second form of gratitude is thanking God for what you can't see, for what he's doing behind the scenes for what He's doing in your life and in your heart when you can't see Him or feel Him. It's choosing to believe that He is there. And now you, you really have a decision you gotta make. Every single person here, every single person watching online, you have to decide what kind of Christian do you wanna be in 2024? Are you gonna be the kind of Christian that just thanks God for the food and the finances and the fiance? Or are you gonna be the kind of Christian that says, I will praise God and I will thank God and I will have a grateful heart even though I'm still single. Even though my finances aren't where they wanna be. Even though my life isn't turning out the way I thought it was gonna turn out. Even though I recognize the presence of God in my life. I will recognize the presence of God even at the table with my enemies. Right, this is the stage of praise where you're no longer again just thanking God for the provision only. You carry that over. You don't stop doing that. You carry that over and you build on top of that and you'd be willing to thank God even when there's not a glaring, obvious reason to thank God, because you believe and you trust in your heart that He is working on your behalf behind the scenes, even in the presence of your enemies. Now, some of you are like, Well, what enemies are you talking about? Because I wouldn't even Sure that I had an enemy. Oh, you got plenty of enemies. You have plenty of enemies. For some of you right now, your enemy is infertility. For some of you, your enemy right now is bankruptcy. For some of you, your your enemy is cancer. Maybe your enemy is an addiction. Maybe it's confusion that you have. Maybe it's a a, a broken heart over something that you've lost. Maybe it's the fear that you're not going to make it. Maybe it's depression, anxiety that you're facing. Maybe it's betrayal. I don't know what your enemy is, but I promise you, if you don't wanna have one in this exact moment, you just wait a little bit and you'll discover one. There's plenty of enemies out there. But the beauty of this whole principle and what I think David is trying to teach us is that if you can walk with God in the darkness, depending on the light he's shown you in the past, what you'll discover is that there is no enemy, not a single enemy that has any power over you. But the key, and this is tough, the key is getting to a place in your life where you really believe in your heart and can say, God, if you don't give me one more single thing, I still understand that I owe you everything. Because the truth about me, gosh, I hate admitting stuff like this. I'm so tired of being real with you guys. Um, The truth about me is sometimes I act in my life as if God's lucky to have me. Right? You ever act like that? Oh, God's lucky to have my worship. God's lucky that I give 10% back. God's lucky that I'm using my gifts and abilities to serve him and bring glory to him. We act somehow as if God is lucky to have us when the truth is, man, if he doesn't breathe out, we don't breathe in, right? He thought you into existence. And I'm wondering how different Today would be, I'm wondering how different this week would be. I'm wondering how different 2024 would be for you if you went from day to day viewing your life, viewing your circumstances, viewing your relationships, and even your hardships and your challenges as gifts from above. Because what I know is that grateful people can find a blessing or create a blessing in almost any situation, And I've seen them do it over and over and over. Gratitude is not based on how good your situation is. Gratitude is based on how good you see your situation to be. That's the key, right, that's the key. How good do you see your situation to be? And maybe more importantly, how good do you see God to be? Because once you believe into the very core of your being that God is a good God, it allows you not only to be more grateful, it allows you to trust him in ways that have scared you to death before. But scripture's always reminding us how good God is. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all that he has made. That's who our God is. It reminds me of my favorite A.W. Tozer quote. He said, the whole outlook of mankind might be changed if we could all believe that we dwell under a friendly sky and that the God of heaven, though exalted in power and majesty, is eager to be friends with us. Do you believe that you live under a friendly sky? See, I'm telling you, listen. Every single thing that you're gonna face in 2024, every single big thing, little thing, all of it, will come with so much more ease if you'll just change up the story that you've been telling yourself, right? Life's not happening to you, it's happening for you. And if you can go into this year with your eyes wide open, looking at every relationship, every opportunity, looking at all of life as if it's a gift from God, because it is, none of it's owed to us, we don't deserve it. If you can start to look at everything that happens to you in 2024 as a gift from above, then what happens is you join that gift with gratitude and it creates joy in your life. But if you don't learn to do that, you're gonna go into 2024 and despite the fact that God is blessing you all around you, there will be no joy in your life because you have not coupled it with gratitude. God's gifts alone are not enough to create joy. It has to be coupled with our gratitude. And when that happens, mm, you're living a whole different kind of life and you're graduating from just thanking God for the provision to being able to also thank him for his presence. Would you guys pray with me? In fact, let's do this. Would you stand up? Let's stand up for this prayer because we're gonna go into worship, just one song after, all right? Because we're talking about practicing gratitude. And one of the reasons that we worship together like this is because we're practicing gratitude. We gotta be reminded from time to time. All right, and so we're gonna do that together, and I just want you to have a grateful heart. I want you to think about how God's blessed you, right? And I know you're gonna be tempted to think, oh, I got a two-minute break here that I can get out to my car and beat all these other suckers in this room. That will probably will not be the most grateful thing you do today. So I just wanna encourage you to stay here, be here in this moment, in the presence of God inside of this community, And let's raise our voices and just be grateful to God for what he's done. Let's thank him for the provisions, but let's also thank him for the presence. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. We really are grateful. We're grateful that we get to be here. We get to be surrounded by friends, by family. Some of us right now are standing next to someone that we spent years praying and begging you, God, to provide in our life we wanted to meet that special person. And a lot of people did that years ago. Uh, But then life happens and starts to feel a little entitled to them. But God, remind us in this moment that next to us is a miracle, next to us is an answered prayer possibly. God, there's others of us here that (laughs) somehow because we're looking to what's next, we have forgotten that we spent years praying that we would be where we are today. So God, just help us to be grateful. God, open up our hearts in this moment. May the praises just flow from our lips. May we be grateful, God, for your second chances. May we be grateful for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross for our sins to forgive us, to reconcile us to you. God, may we be grateful for the blue skies and the sunshine. May we be grateful for our kids, even when they're throwing fish sticks at our face. God, may we be grateful for the so many blessings we have in our life. And if we have no reason to be thankful for a blessing today, which I find hard to believe, but if we don't, we're gonna be thankful for your presence. We're gonna be thankful that you are with us in the darkest valley, that you are with us when we are sitting at the table across from our enemy, that there is no foe, no adversary that could ever come against us, because we are grateful that you are with us in this moment in the presence of whatever enemy we might be facing. So God, right now we lift our hands and we lift our voices to you. We're grateful for it's in your name we pray.